Welcome to Pew Pew Panel with Ava and Chad. Today, we're going to talk about Valentine's Day, my trip to Tulum, and some of the most popular concealed carry handguns for men and women. Chad, how are you doing today? I am wonderful, as usual. A little sleepy. Still trying to play yeah. catch up here at the shop, but overall good. I know. That's how I feel. Um, nothing like, you know, first there's SHOT Show, then, you know, I'm home for a week, then I take a trip to freaking Mexico, which was only like four days, but still, it's like one of those things where when you're away, it's great, but then you come back and you have so much stuff to do. So you and I are both playing catch up and don't let this face fool you. I threw it on. Like I haven't washed my hair in like five days. It's it's pretty gross. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm on the struggle bus. <laughs> um, okay. So before we start with the show, I want to talk about Gideon real quick. I have an optic of theirs on my desk and it is called the Omega. It is the red dot and, uh, essentially, actually, hopefully it is in here. Um, okay. Well, it's not. And that is really embarrassing. <laughs> Hold on. I think it's somewhere on my desk. Oh, here we go. I was like, man, this, this feels way too late. Okay. Here it is. So the Omega and don't, this is how, you know, when my life is chaotic, because if I don't have my nails done, even in my worst of times, I usually always have my nails done. So when I don't have them, then, you know, it's like, okay. S T H F or whatever. Uh, yeah. Um, okay. So this is the Omega. Um, pretty nice, like really good, like heavy duty quality, you know, it's metal. Um, it's shake awake, which I love. I don't know about you, but I always forget to shut my optics off. And then I can't tell you how many times I go to the range and I'm like, Oh cool. I go to shoot. And I'm like, wait, why isn't the red dot going on? And it's because, you know, I, we're at the battery. Um, but you could see it has a really large window and I don't know if you could see that red dot. It's kind of hard to do it, but, uh, one MOA per click and, um, it is, I guess it will, uh, it's compatible with like the RMR footprint. So pretty cool. I need to find a handgun to put that on, but I got to say, I've been really impressed with all of Gideon's optics so far. And they also just released a new LPVO as well as the prism. And those things are both fire as well. Uh, best of all. So this red dot that I just showed you guys it is on sale right now for $229.99, which is a really great deal for a quality optic. So check it out. Gideonoptics.com. So, uh, Chad, what did you get in the mail today? Well, it was actually the other day, but, um, uh... I'm going to talk about a Cerakote project. This one's kind of funny because um, this actually originated from mentioning the shop on the PP Panel podcast. So oh, cool. this uh, customer reached out to me and he said, hey, can I send you some stuff? Can you engrave a pizza <laughs> on my lower? I said, yeah, I can engrave a pizza. It's like, can you do something that says pizza man? Like, <laughs> Yeah, I could do that. So this is the first time I've engraved pizza on somebody's lower. But like, here, let me see if I can see it. He wanted just a slice of pizza. Oh, man, that is awesome. And you have like that. Is that cheese dripping off the pizza? That's cheese dripping off the pizza. Dang, and that is a pepperoni. Awesome. That is the best kind of pizza. And then here's the pizza man. Right, let me see if it'll focus. Come on, baby. Come on, focus. Not on me. Not pizza man. I don't I know, know if you can right. see it. I know the, the listeners can't see it, but it's just a slice of pizza, and it just says Pizza Man under it. 
And, uh, and that's under the, tr- the trigger guard, it says PTM. Yeah, it's under the trigger guard. Um, but it was uh, his CB handle is what he told me, and it's just kind of an inside joke. But mm-hmm. uh, this is actually the lower that he paired with a, um, a PSA Jackal upper. Mm-hmm. So I'm coating the um, Jackal upper, uh, the monolithic upper in the rail section, the lower, and a couple other small parts and had the laser engraving. But this came from... Yeah, mentioning the shop on the show, which nice. I thought was really cool. And I really yeah. appreciate you, you know, your business. So Yeah, that's super cool. That's awesome that you can like engrave just about anything too. Oh yeah. Yeah, on, that's like, just an mm-hmm. aluminum lower and it's like a deep engrave. So once I Cerakote it, you'll still see it. Um yeah. you know, the surface etching is what it is, but some people like the surface etching. But thing yeah. is if you ever decide you want to coat it one day, you're gonna lose all that work and and money that you invested in that surface etch. Deep is always better. So huh. good to know. Um, well, you should definitely post a picture when it's done. I want to see what it looks like once it sure once that pizza has some color to it. Okay. But yeah, okay. that's super cool. Well, I just got a um, what is it? The performance trigger. It's the model G, and it's just a drop-in Glock Gen 3 or Gen 4 trigger. I've not tried Performance Center, um, but actually or I'm sorry, not performance center, performance triggers. Um, but to my understanding, they're all under the same company as like Gideon Optics, um, like JSD Supply. If you guys wanted to check this out, definitely head on to jsdsupply.com. But um, yeah, I'm really interested. I haven't tried out their triggers yet, so I'm really interested to see how it does. Because I think we all know like Glock triggers are pretty atrocious. And then a lot of the aftermarket triggers, like Apex is pretty good, but I got to say, I mean, even like Polymer 80, I had quite a few of their triggers. It was like, eh, you know, they're kind of like real spongy, kind of like, I'm not really a fan. So I am really interested to see how this does. And then I noticed, uh, literally just opened up the box today, but I noticed they also included this little red backplate, which uh, it's kind of cool, kind of differentiates it a little bit. But yeah, I'm all about drop-in triggers. Just makes it super easy. Um, and then this is, from my understanding, so you could use it on 940, uh, 357 SIG, any of those things. So just... Let me ask you a question about that trigger. So uh, yeah. as far as I know, is that a pull and release trigger, like a binary style? Is that what kind of sets that one apart? I don't know. I don't know. It shouldn't be, right? But I, I did know, see... I did see, huh, that would be kind of cool. Yeah, it is a pull and release. Oh, no, it's weapon will fire a round on pull and release. Oh, my gosh, you're right. Dude, this just changed my whole world. Not just a Glock trigger. No, you're right. Yep. Hence the... Mm-hmm. Because I was just like... parts. Yeah, Yep. Yeah, I know. I was like, you can tell I'm tired, right? And I was like, I don't know, whatever. I'll just like stick it in and make it fit. <laughs> now I feel a little stupid, but you're right. It says, it says weapon will fire around on pull and release of the trigger. That is freaking cool. And I think best of all, um, I have to look real quick, but I saw this trigger and I think it was like under 200 bucks. Let me see. Let me scroll up where I was looking on the website real quick just to see what the model is called. Okay, so one ninety nine. That's a hell of a deal if that if this is a binary trigger compared to like yeah. what Franklin is selling theirs for, which you have to purchase, you know, the whole um 
the whole thing. I mean, it's, it's a whole, you know, because their whole thing is like, it's not just, you're not just stuck with binary. You can shoot it semi or binary, but, um, I do, I mean, I have so many Glocks and so many, this will also work with a Polymer 80 shadow system, you know, any of that nature, anything that's similar. And I have tons of those, so I could definitely pop this in and have a lot of fun of it. Well, now I'm a lot more excited about this. Well, thank you. I'm, I'm really glad that I decided to show and tell in front of you so that you can correct me in front of the whole world, in front of our new friends, Chad. But it's okay. It actually okay. is benefiting me because now I'm I'm actually pretty pretty excited about it. <laughs> it's okay. You're tired. I'm tired. We're all behind. So. I know. <laughs> I'm like, do I still look pretty? <laughs> no, it's fine. Um, I mean, look, at the end of the day, this beats working in a cubicle. I say that to myself all the time. Every time I'm like, gosh, I'm just so in over my head with work. But I'm like, hello, like, take a step back. I shoot guns for a living. I get to talk about guns. I get to do all gun related. Like, I have no place to complain. So and I think you probably feel the same way. Yeah, We're my cubicle has changed. My cubicle is a Cerakote booth these days, but that's okay. <laughs> or like, you know, I've got my face in the sandblast cabinet going. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, so there's no would you rather question today, but if you guys do have a would you rather, just something fun, whatever, something you want us to mull over, feel free to email us at pewpewpanel at gmail.com or just write it in the comment section below. Um, and you guys can find this show on either Pew Pew Panel on YouTube or Ava Flannel. That's one N, two L's on YouTube as well. All right. So listener questions was, now that Valentine's Day is over, how many rounds of federal were in the heart? Okay. First of all, can I just take a step back and can we acknowledge my Valentine's Day reel that I put out where, once again, dressed up like a boy, pretty sure I'm going to have myself committed because people are like, wow, she really likes dressing like this boy character. <laughs> but I just think it's hilarious. I act like my my boyfriend and do these stupid little skits. And um, I did one where, you know, I got Ava, myself, all of these Valentine's Day gifts. And um, in, in the last gift that made me throw my, there were granny panties. I bought the largest granny panties that I could at Walmart um, at myself because I was like so excited, uh, was this, I bought a, uh, a heart full of chocolates, ate the chocolates in like two minutes. It was a big heart, by the way, and filled it up with the federal Syntec nine millimeter rounds, which I was thinking like, eh, you know, four boxes will do it. It ended up taking, okay, so total, the amount of rounds that I could fit in there was 498 rounds in that box. You couldn't get those last two in there? No, I, I tried, I like, it, it got to the point where like the seal, the front, you know, the tip of that heart was starting to break open a little bit. You know, I'm like, well, this isn't going to be good for pictures, but yeah, 498. Um, and so I teamed up with federal and we were like, Hey, whoever can guess how many rounds. Um, and we figured that there's going to be more than one person that guessed the correct answer. So then we put them, you know, into a little, draw a uh, drawing thing and just did a, a random draw and somebody won a hundred dollar federal merch gift certificate. So that was kind of cool, but yeah. But it, did you guys do anything crazy for Valentine's day? No, uh, not really. Just kind of the usual. My wife and I don't really do a whole lot for Valentine's anymore. We've got four kids, yeah. so yeah. we do stuff for the kids. <laughs> and yeah. we had our normal Wednesday stuff going on with the church and all, and, uh, you know, men's Bible study and, um, we meet at the Bible study and, uh, you know, I've volunteered some time to, uh, make 
meat on the grill. So I cooked a pork nice. butt and we did like pork sliders last night. And uh, my kids are both involved with a couple of groups there, um, Heritage Girls and Trail Life. So yeah. that was kind of our, our normal Valentine's Day um, you know, routine. It was just another day. Nice. But I love that. It's good though. When, I um I just went out with my girlfriend. Um, we picked a sushi restaurant that we didn't think was going to be busy, and it was super busy. Everyone was coupled up. But I will say, so there was two things, um, two, two dads that brought their daughters, like their younger daughters, that were probably around like twelve years old, and it was just the two of them. And my my girlfriend and I were just like, oh, that is so cute. And then I was like, does that guy have a ring on his finger? Oh, that's so. And I was like, my ovaries right now are just screaming, but. You know, <laughs> yeah, but it was really cute. Um, all right. Next question was, how was your trip to Tulum? So yes, I went to Tulum, Mexico. I don't know if I said that in the last podcast, I hinted that I was going away, but I didn't really specify exactly where I went, but that is where I went. I saw this like treehouse hotel on Instagram and it looked like it was like covered in plants. And I was like, oh my gosh, I have to go because I love plants. And, um, Everybody was like, eh, Mexico's not really that safe. And I have been to Mexico a few times. I did a cruise one time and um, I forget the other times, but it has changed a lot. Um, you know, I've heard different things. People are like, well, you know, it is safe because especially in the touristy areas because they thrive on tourism. So they want tourists to be safe because obviously it's a bad look and it would hurt the economy greatly. But um I don't know. It was, it did kind of freak me out a little bit because even people were like, Hey, you know, police officers, the federales, like all of them are pretty corrupt. And a lot of them are, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, cartel, uh, related. And even the federales, like they were dressed in like a bunch of military gear, like camo. They had their faces covered so that nobody could recognize them. They had guns and they were like everywhere. And I don't, I was like, you know, normally this would make me feel safe, but I don't know what team they're on. Like if they are the good guys or the bad guys, because it's just such a corrupt place. So I like, I don't know how I felt about that. And then, um, right where I was at, I left on the next day that I left that day when I was flying home, there was a woman that got shot right where I was at, at this, not at a specific beach club, but I was on like where the beach clubs were. And there was a woman, an American woman that was shot there. And I was like, dang, like that kind of freaks you out a little bit. But I mean, all in all, it was, it was a really good trip. I did have a lot of fun. Um, did some stuff where I'm afraid of heights and I like sort of conquered my fear of heights and just, you know, I saw a different culture and that was really cool, but I don't know if I'd go back again, to be honest with you. Well, speaking of, um, you know, sort of situations where you left just in time, my brother-in-law traveled through India uh, several years ago. Uh, he backpacked mm -hmm. for a couple of months, and um, he stayed in a major city one one day and then packed up and left the next morning, and there was a bombing at the location that he was at that day wow. after he left, and he was like, I think it's time to come home. Like, I'm leaving. Getting on a plane. So... I don't blame him, but man, it's just scary. Just the timing of it all. It's like, woo. Yeah. Wow. That is crazy. Yeah. It's, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's tough because like you want to live your life, but you also want to be very cautious and not do stupid things and avoid, you know, places that might be a little dangerous too. Yeah. Um, all right. So electronic transfer, um, Chad, you use them. How's it going? With I them? do. 
That's going wonderful. So Electronic Transfer is my merchant processor here at the shop. And um, they are a, well, they're what's considered a high-risk merchant processor. So um, most of the processors out there, uh, they don't like dealing with people who sell guns and gun mm -hmm. parts and do work on guns because ooh, we're bad. We're evil, right? Yeah. So um, Electronic Transfer kind of came into the fold, and they don't mind taking on the firearms world because this is a constitutionally protected right and they acknowledge that and the 2A is here to stay and uh, they help support this industry uh, with excellent rates uh, pretty much any equipment that you need they'll provide it they provide instruction on how to get everything set up and they have an excellent support team and their rates are very competitive they'll meet and beat anybody else's rates in the market and they're just a solid company to deal with especially if you're in the firearms world and you need a solid merchant processor for your shop Nice. Yeah, guys. So check them out, electronictransfer.com and let them know that we sent you. So now it's time for listener comments. Columbia War Machine 9795. Have you seen Columbia War Machine on YouTube by chance? Mm -mm. He's, you he's I watch YouTube. Like, I know. I know. Everybody's like, everybody asks me, they're like, have you seen my video? I'm like, yeah, I don't even know if my editor's doing his job, to be honest with you. I don't have time to watch any of this stuff. Um, but he's like pretty up and coming. He has all these guns. Like if you guys are looking to be like wowed over, definitely check out his YouTube channel because he has like, I think he has like two to four, um, mini guns, like all these full autos and he's funded everything himself. And I think his day job is like, he, he does something that like maybe he puts up fences or something. Um, so he's done a hell of a job for himself. It's he's you know, I'd be proud if I was, if I was his mother. <laughs> um, but anyway, so he wrote, I am glad I watched this. I didn't know that you can can chicken. Great podcast, great people. Keep it up. And I think he meant like can as in, you know, how you canned it. Pressure not can. like, and yeah, not like I was like, well, have you ever been to the grocery store? Can tuna fish, yeah. can chicken. No, but it's, yeah, that's, like, I hear that quite often, Ava. Um, a lot of folks don't realize that you can can meat at home and it's a common thing. Um, yeah, you know, I just, mean, I didn't people know that. Just don't, don't know. Yeah, people just don't know, and they think it's weird sometimes. Like, oh, I don't know about canning that meat. I'm like, you just put <laughs> it on know. the shelf. You don't put it in the refrigerator. I'm like, you don't need to refrigerate it. It's good. Yeah, yeah. No, that that would that would be my you know my thought too. You, you mentioned real quick um, that he has a, a a pretty extensive collection of uh, autos. I guess he yeah. maybe is a sot ffl and has like post samples i was just looking at m m134 post samples um that were no law letter guns just yeah. curious like i wonder what they're going for uh and yeah. the recent ones okay. were like one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars. well i know one. he's been i know he's been watching our podcast like pretty i thought he was just like commenting to be nice and he's like he'll message me text me he's like wow so i didn't even know this and but and he like messages me like and I was like, oh, you're you're listening to the podcast right now? Because I'm like, wait, how does he know that? And I'm like, I've only said that on the podcast. So kind of cool that he watches. So yeah, if, awesome. if you're yeah, so if you're if you're watching, that's what Chad wants to know. Right. I'll have to check him out. Yeah. Drop it like it's Scott. Love that name. He said, What a great chat. Appreciate both of you. Ava, I started following your channel recently. Great content. Drop it like it's Scott. And then Thor Martini six says, sounds like Chad needs a full-time assistant to manage his food inventory. <laughs> oh, I, I have a, don't worry. I have a tiny army at home that helps me with that <laughs> yeah. and my wife. 
So, um, just real quick, I want to mention Scott. Um, Scott's a great guy. He's been a friend of the channel for a long time and, um, he's got a, a small YouTube channel of his own and he does oh, nice. some you know, pretty nice stuff over there, but he's a, uh, he's a cool guy. So cool. Well, I'll have to, uh, I'll have to, you know, subscribe to his channel as well and check it out. Um, and then Cretan, cre Cretan, 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 Okay. Cretan D. Cretan D. Every episode with Chad is gold. Please do a CAD. What is that? C-A-D? Uh, Computer-aided design. Yeah. CAD oh. with Chad. Okay. All right. CAD with Chad. A tutorial with some basic tools and how you use it in the shop would be awesome. Oh, hang on one sec. Hang on. Hang on. Sorry. I'm going to apologize to your editor ahead of time. We can start with this when he's ready. <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right. All right. <laughs> I'm, I'm done being funny. I'm done. Got back to work. Back. This is, yeah, yeah, this is what happens when you get overly tired, Chad. Yes. Uh, but yeah, we can definitely do that. We can add it to the list and anything that y'all want to see or, well, not anything that you want to see yeah but that's yes. there's an only fans for that okay uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, not, not for me but chad we're talking about oh yeah y'all got an only fans <laughs> um but yeah anything like that if y'all just want to leave comments um suggestions on episodes or anything you want to see covered just let me know yeah. and i'll prepare ahead of time and uh i'll answer those questions no problem at all yeah, definitely. I know I almost feel bad that we're talking about just concealed carry guns this episode, but I also feel like with all of the new gun owners and all these people that are like, maybe they got the bite, you know, they, they bought their first gun and they're like, all right, now what's next? And they want to buy more or they're looking to upgrade their concealed carry gun. So I'm like, how could we not cover it? I feel like we'd be doing them a disservice, but I also feel like we're doing you guys a disservice by talking about this when Chad is so knowledgeable and we could pick his brain about like, even I've learned so much just working with you just in the last couple of weeks, I'm like, man, I really like, I think I'm going to start seriously like food prepping and like stepping up my game and like just doing all this other stuff. Um, I am not going to say whether I did this or not, because I don't know if this is safe, but in Mexico, they do sell, you know, prescriptions like amoxicillin, Z-Pak, penicillin, all that stuff. Um, some of it, I did, I did some research on this because I was like, oh, this would be good to like, just buy and, and have on hand in case, you know, things happen. Um, but I did do some research. A lot of it is, they said it's counterfeit, but then some people were like, no, it's legit. I asked the people at the lobby and they were like, no, it's fine. Um, but the, my biggest issue with any of that stuff would be maybe like the fact that they put fentanyl in some of this stuff. Um, but you can get fentanyl strips off Amazon which I would highly recommend anybody doing, um, just having some on hand because fentanyl is like a huge pandemic that's killing a lot of people. But um, even that, so I'm not saying whether I did or did not, but definitely make sure do your research and stuff. But, you know, I mean, even having prescriptions and stuff is is smart to have. So I may or may not have added that to my, you know, Perhaps. my yeah <laughs> well I, I will say here in the states um you can legally purchase uh fish antibiotics uh, yeah and have them shipped directly to your door and they're literally the same antibiotics that are produced by the major pharmaceutical companies they have the same markings on them and uh i'll mention real quick dietrich uh skinny medic 
If you guys oh, don't yeah. follow him, Medical Gear Outfitters, you should. He's a very knowledgeable guy. He's a full-time EMT. Um, but he recommends several websites for picking up fish antibiotics, and I actually have a stock of them at my house. I'm allergic to penicillin, uh, so I have to have, like, zithromycin and some of the non-penicillin, non-cillin uh, mm-hmm. antibiotics. But uh, it, it's a common practice, and you can trust the the companies here. <laughs> to yeah. you know, to not be laced with fentanyl, most likely. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I would trust the stuff out of Mexico, but the fentanyl strips <laughs> you mentioned are a great thing. Yeah, and they were pretty cheap too. But yeah. imagine that you have you're like I, you think you're taking amoxicillin, and then you just have the higher your life, and then you die. But it so is frightening. Fenton, the I fentanyl know. epidemic is absolutely frightening, and I I fear for you know folks out there who may not be very knowledgeable about this kind of stuff, and they get mm-hmm. roped into something that's laced with fentanyl and it just ruins people's lives. It's crazy. Like any, well, the saddest thing is, you know, people try drugs for the first time, which, you know, I'll admit, like, I'm not saying that I did drugs, but everybody does some stupid things when they're younger. You know, you're like in high school, college. Can you imagine like, here you are just stupid. You don't really know any better. You're just like, yeah, sure. All right. I'll try some of that. And then it, it kills you. It's like, you're and it, it, like, I'm like, who in their right mind would even try any drugs nowadays? You know, I mean, not saying that that was smart back then, but it's gotten so much worse. It's laced with so much, you know, and even like meth, like people that are willing to smoke meth when it's made out of all these chemicals, it's like disgusting. But yep. yeah, um, I would highly recommend, you know, if you guys don't know enough about fentanyl and if you have younger kids or teenagers, definitely uh, educate yourself on that because I would hate to see, you know, an accident happen because your kids weren't educated on it off topic, but getting back on topic, uh, Rossi. So I was just on their website and I found this gun that looks really cool. It is, it's called the brawler. It's a 45 Colt 410 single shot. And it's like a mini tiny, like, well, it's a pistol, but it looks like, you know, kind of like a, a rifle that was the, the barrel was cut, uh, has a rubber grip, iron sights, a Picatinny rail. Best of all, it is only two fifty seven ninety nine, but it just looks like a fun little gun. It is a single shot. That's the only thing that I was like, man, that kind of sucks as I always hate, you know, that cool shoot it. And then it's like, up, oh, just load it back up again. But I mean, that's kind of the thing now, especially with like, even like lever guns and stuff and. Well, the break open, um, the break open guns like the brawler are just a simple design, and mm-hmm. being single shot, uh, this is a four ten, but it can also shoot forty five long Colt as well, which is pretty so common with the four ten, like yeah, or something. Oh yeah, yeah. So it's a versatile gun. Um, being like I said, being single shot, it keeps the cost down over something like a revolver, you know, like the Judge or the Governor. Yeah. Um, yeah, those can get pretty high dollar. But if you just need like a little snake charmer or something, it's a perfect little rig for that. And it's got a Picatinny rail on top, so drop your little red dot on there, get that thing zeroed. Yeah. I know. I think, I don't know, I just think this would be fun just to have, like, in your gun collection. It just looks like a fun gun. Anyways, check it out, RossiUSA.com. Now it's time to talk about best concealed carry options. And we kind of wanted to go through it um, also for, like, male and female. Because obviously, like, what I would carry isn't necessarily, I mean... Let me rephrase that. What Chad would carry isn't necessarily something that I would probably carry. Like, for example, Glock 19, which I think I've heard you mention. That's been your concealed carry gun for a while now, right? It has. I used to carry a Glock 43 quite often. 
Um, but I switched back to a Glock 19 uh, maybe a few years ago, and I just carry an appendix and an old Bravo concealment holster with a single clip. Um, it's a real comfortable holster, and it can I can adjust it, you know, to fit the position that I'm sitting or driving or, or you know working in or whatever the case is. It's always worked for me. I've never been one for carrying like extra mags and all kinds of other stuff on my person. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, the 43. I just felt like it was lacking in capacity and I could carry an extra mag. Um, but that just got uncomfortable over time. So I just went back to the 19 as a good old standby. And yeah. um, I, I, between like men and women also, you know, you got to think about like attire, um, you know, not only like hand strength and just overall strength in general, but um, you know, I wear different clothing apparently mm-hmm. than you do. Right. Yeah. Like I'm, so, I'm always wearing those leggings. I live in leggings. Usually yeah. it's, it's a, you know, it's a good day if I put jeans on, but usually I'm just too lazy and I just wear the leggings, but you well, probably do. <laughs> I'm wearing leggings oh. right now. You can't see them. Oh, yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Jokes on no. everyone else. No. Yep. Like nobody knows what I'm wearing. <laughs> um, but yeah, you, you know, between, between men and women, there's different carry options and different holster options, uh, positions to carry in. Uh, like I said, appendix, you can carry um, small of the back or like at a 45 degree angle, you know, kind of behind um, mm-hmm. your your side, left or right, um, cross draw, I mean, whatever. There's all kinds of different options, fanny packs now, belly bands, whole nine yards. Um, but beside the attire concept, I think the biggest thing comes down to hand strength. And one of the one of the things that I notice a lot with um, with customers is um like just for example I'll, I'll tell a short story uh ruger lcp all right came mm-hmm. in the shop and the lady thought it was broken i can't i can't get the slide back it's stuck it's locked she just couldn't pull the slide back she couldn't yeah. physically pull the slide to the rear and like chamber around well plus so, there's not a lot to hold on to that like same with no. the some of the cz's cz's are really good guns but i've noticed that even even I like, there's not a lot to grip onto like the CZ shadow. Yeah. And I'm in like, even I kind of like struggle to, you know, to grip on and, and same, you know, LCP, like it just, it's, it's a much smaller slide. Yeah. But you've, you've got those kind of things to consider too. Uh, when I talk about difference between men and women, it's literally mm-hmm. about just, can you rack the slide? I yeah. Mean, so they, these are like semi autos that we're discussing. So, other carry guns, like classic carry guns, would be like your little revolvers, uh, mm-hmm. small like J-frame style, like Smiths, like the Model 60 or the Airweights, uh, 642s. Those are um, very lightweight guns. They usually have aluminum frame, stainless steel cylinders. They're usually five shots. And normally they're going to be, I'm sorry? Well, I was going to say, I mean, but they're kind of a, kind of a, a like very uncomfortable gun to shoot because they're, they're lightweight, they're yeah. smaller. Yeah, and typically, everything's a trade-off. Yeah, well, I, I mean, so really, I will say, up until a few years ago, there were so many women coming into my classes that had revolvers because they're like, "Well, the guy behind the counter, he said, you know, because I can't rack the slide, here's a revolver." And and I was just like, man, if they only spent like a few minutes with them, just kind of teaching more of a technique on how to rack that slide, as opposed to just making your, you know, your non-dominant hand work for it. I think that that would have, you know, solved a lot, but so now you have these people that like maybe lack some hand strength and now they're going to shoot this little tiny revolver that weighs next to nothing because it's a carry revolver 
and it's typically chambered in 38 special which is quite a decent round and i was just like uh all right cool this is gonna be a fun class so i'm kind of glad that people are steering away from revolvers now not to say that i dislike them i think they have a place but i definitely think that the market has changed significantly in the last like even five years and we don't necessarily have to you know settle for a revolver if we don't want to well, I find it to be kind of an intimidation factor as well for a lot of women um, that I've dealt with. Uh, revolvers just seem easy. You know, you push a yeah. button, open the cylinder, drop the rounds in, close the yep. cylinder, and then squeeze the trigger if it's a double action only uh, type gun, uh, like a hammerless style. Um, mm -hmm. it, it's definitely an intimidation factor. And like you mentioned, the guys behind the counter, that's kind of the easy answer. But yeah, um, this customer of mine with the LCP, I handed her uh, my Glock 43. Okay. Right here. This is a Robar custom Glock 43, by the way. And she was able to rack the slide on this just fine. She was able to rack the slide on a Smith and Wesson shield just fine. So take a little extra time and teach these individuals the proper technique, like you mentioned, and some of the other options. And I, th I think personally that the auto loaders, especially striker fire guns are probably the best option for concealed carry out there. And that's why we've got a lot of them on the list. Um, but, um, the, the two main types would be like your pistols and your revolvers, like we discussed. Um, but mm -hmm. within the pistol category, like your auto loaders, you've got what I would consider like your subcompacts, which are excellent for concealed carry. That's kind of the, the normal type thing, like compact and subcompact guns, single stacks, uh, or the real slim double stacks. But then mm -hmm. you also have your micro carry, which is kind of a secondary you know, separate category, which we'll discuss in a bit, but, um, we mentioned the 19. So what are some of your other like favorite carry options that you've seen? Cause you've done a lot of firearms training as well. Mm -hmm. So you have people cycling in and out of these classes a lot. I'm sure you've seen a ton of different guns, including oh, yeah. revolvers, like you mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. I will say revolvers don't seem to be as common anymore. Um, which, you know, again, I said that there's a place for it, but it's like nowadays, if you're going to carry a gun, you want the most capacity. And I don't think that one round is going to do it. You know, I mean, here we are talking about the brawler, uh, from Rossi and like, that's fine for like maybe a truck gun or something like that. But if you're using it for concealed carry, like who's to say there's only one person, you're probably not going to be that great of a shot, like with your adrenaline rushing, you know, and it typically takes more than one round to stop somebody. Um, and it, it's also, it's just, it's it, like, I will say like now more than ever, like what a great time to be alive and present because we have all of these options. And ever since the SIG P365 came out, it's like everyone else was like, oh, we got to compete with that. And they all started developing very similar uh, options and sizes. And it's kind of, I don't know, it's kind of like made me chuckle a little bit by the fact that they're like, okay, this is a subcompact, this is a micro, this is, you know, I mean, and then what the industry considers micro, uh, because like, you'll look at the Smith and Wesson shield, and you know, whether it's the shield gen one or the shield plus, that's a fairly larger, like, that's comparable to, I'd say, like a Glock 19 ish. And, you know, obviously, just not as thick. Um, but that would be considered a is it a subcompact or are they saying that it's also within the micro compact? I don't so think it just kind of goes. Yeah. I, I think the shield's more in that kind of compact subcompact range, but yeah. it gets points because it's super thin being a single stack. Um, yeah. But yeah, like, like with but, the Glock family, uh, 
with the Glock family, you know, you have like the 19, like I showed just a second ago, right? But this is a com this is considered a compact gun. And then the mm. Glock's line of subcompacts are usually like for the nine millimeters, the Glock um, 26. And it's yep. a sh little short, stubby grip. You get like literally your pinky is just hanging off of it if you don't have like one of the Pierce extensions. Uh, yeah. But it's a 10 shot mag as standard. Uh, and the barrel's a little shorter. So it's a subcompact gun. So it fits into a smaller footprint, smaller holsters, easier to carry, but it's a little bit more difficult to shoot. And then by the time you add grip extensions and stuff and get kind of a full size feel on it, then you're kind of right back yeah, there. It's like, well, why not? Yeah, why not carry a 19? Um, but yeah, the, the thing exactly. I like about the Glocks, the thing I like about the Glocks with the um, the double stack frames is that even the smallest nine millimeter uh, Glock, the 26, will accept the large magazine. So you can use the 19, 17, or the 24 or 30, um, well, the, the model 19 mags, the model 17 mags, or the 24 or 33 round sticks. So it's got... Mm -hmm. Mag pass or mag um, acceptance for everything out there, um, or will accept all the magazines out there. That's one of the benefits of using a Glock is you know use your carry gun and then carry a twenty four rounder in your back pocket or whatever, and then you've got extra yeah. extra ammo on your person. Um, yeah. But they're fat. They're double stack. They're kind of a traditional double stack. Um, you know when you you mentioned the three sixty five, I think the three sixty five. You know the shield changed the market. Mm -hmm. A lot. When yeah, it came out, especially remember, at the price point. I know. I remember when the shield came out, that was one of, that might've been the third gun that I ever bought. And it was like really hard to get. And the distributor at the time, like put one aside for me and I was all excited. And everybody's like, where, how did you get that? You know? And it was just, yep. I mean, we're talking about like 11 years ago or something. Oh, I mean, yeah. that's how long it's been since that came out. Um, but since then, I will say Smith and Wesson, I would have thought by now they would have come out with something to compete more with a 365 because every other company has come out with something fairly similar. Um, and the closest I would say is like the CSX, which, um, you know, has a hammer and that was a, that was a pretty decent gun that actually shot better than the shield in my opinion, but it's not as comparable as the P365. If you guys are wondering what guns I carry, so I love the P365. I've been carrying that for a long time. Smith & Wesson did uh, pick me up now. The, they sponsor me for the Rose, uh, which I'm incredibly grateful for. But before that, I was carrying the P365. And then I also like the IWI Masada Slim, which is very comparable in size. It holds 13 rounds. You can also fit the Jericho magazine as well as I was told a few other different magazines. Um, if you want, you know, like let's say you wanted to hold 17 rounds or something like that. But it was, I mean, it's optic ready, uh, it has great sights on it, really comfortable to shoot. Um, you know, like another gun that's comparable would be like the Springfield Hellcat. But I I didn't love, and I've tried every different model of Hellcat, like the one with the comp on it. Uh, the one with, uh, um, I'm trying to think of all the iterations that they did, but I got my hands on every one of them and it's still just, it didn't shoot as well for me, but then I talked to other people and they're like, oh, that gun shot really well for me. And they didn't like the P365 or the Masada Slim. But what I liked about the Masada Slim was the price point and it was only $450 MSRP. So that means you can get it for much less typically in stores. So, whereas like the, the SIG P365, uh, like lately I've been seeing it for, man, some of these, 
it's crazy how much guns have caught, like how, how much they cost now. You know, I mean, depends if it comes with an optic and stuff, but like I've seen some like $6.99, $7.99. And it's like, man, that is like expensive for just one gun. Yeah. I don't recall the the model of the SIGs, but um, SIG had some little compact nine mils and I believe three eighties that were in kind of a nineteen eleven format and they were geared more towards Oh, was it carry. the the nine thirty eight and the two yeah. 38 yeah, maybe 238s maybe that was it but they were like yeah. 800 bucks yeah thinking, they were beautiful no they, they oh, came yeah. in nice colors guns. i know you look at them you're like dang do i really want to buy a gun just because it has this like purple metallic color like oh it's really cool it always seemed it always seemed like something that i wanted i never bought it but i was definitely taken by you know i mean just like their 1911s they had all these different colors and they looked mm -hmm. really cool um but a lot of other companies have jumped on the bandwagon, like the FN 509CC version. I don't know if you've had a chance to check that out. I think they released that NRA this year. And I held it. I've not shot it yet. Um, but apparently it will come with three different magazines, or you can get three different options for a 10, 12, and 15 round, which it just amazes me, like these tiny little guns and how many rounds they um, can hold. Kimber also has their Micro 9, which I have not shot Actually, I actually haven't shot a Kimber in forever. I remember I wanted a Kimber when I first got in the industry and they were like $2,000 and it was just like, ah, and now I don't know. I haven't, I haven't shot a Kimber in so long. I don't, I don't really know if I'd want one or not anymore, to be honest with you. Um, Canik has really stepped their game up. They have their TP9 Elite concealed carrier version. And I believe it's comparable to, I'd say maybe slightly smaller than the Glock 19. Yeah, it's a little smaller than Glock 19. It's it's more along the lines of like a 26 uh, with, I believe, a yeah. little bit more magazine capacity and a little bit more length on the grip. Uh, I've shot that gun and, you know, the, the canics are wonderful, especially for the price. And no. I haven't found very many um, striker fired guns out there that have as good of a trigger out of the box as the Canics do. I mean, mm -hmm. they have great triggers out of the box. Um, and it's a wonderful shooting little gun. Um, yeah, I know. You know, I know. I, I agree. Like everything about that gun, like I will say their basic model, I think when they first sent me, it was like a TP9, just very basic. And it was a few years ago. And I was like, eh, it's all right. It didn't really do anything to me. But like, I don't know what they've done in the last couple of years, but like everything that I've shot from Canic, I'm like, okay, that's, that's a solid gun. And it's, you know, and it, they're offering at a really great price point. Yeah. Um, Walter also came out with the PDP compact and they also have the PDP F, which was a gun that was made specifically for females. It's midsize. I would say it'd be great for like, you know, home defense. I don't know about concealed carry per se, but I noticed what's funny about that gun is women, it was kind of like get like hit or miss if women like that gun. But I swear every freaking guy that touched that gun, the PDPF, not just the PDP, they all fell in love with it. And they were like, man, this gun shoots great. And they were buying it more than the women were. And it's and women actually designed that gun. Like they they took some shooters that shoot professionally for Walther and um and they all kind of played a role in, you know, the development of that gun. And so it's, it's kind of funny that guys, you know, took to that gun, but, um, the PDP, I don't know if I shot, but I know it was sometime last year, they were doing some competition at the range that I'm uh, an investor of. 
and they asked people, they were like, hey, take your gun and shoot the target on the left and then rent our gun, the PDP, and shoot the target on the right. And everyone that I saw do it, they all shot better with the PDP than their own gun. Like, it was kind of crazy. Now, so. what about the guy who brought a staccato? Uh, so I my don't know. No, my boyfriend at the time had a staccato and and he shot it. He was like, what? Like, my gun is so much more. He had just gotten the staccato. I and... think it comes with bots. It comes with <laughs> bots. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Because he, he had just bought that staccato and he was like, what? Like, I shot this PDP better than my gun. I mean, let's we'll cut him some slack and assume because it was new, he didn't have much time behind it. But it mm-hmm. was still kind of, you know, for what you pay for some of these guns, you'd expect it to shoot for you, you know? Yeah. Um, kind of moving back toward the, uh, like, single stack guns. We were mentioning the shield and all earlier. You know, Glock mm-hmm. has that forty three, like I showed you. But they also have a couple other uh, slimline 9mm, the 40... Um, 43x i believe and then they have the 48 so the 43x is just an extended grip with more capacity and Mm -hmm. then the 48 is the same grip size and a longer barrel uh same footprint as a glock 19 but much slimmer and there are very innovative companies on the market uh like shield arms for example who took Mm -hmm. the uh you know, capacity, the lack of capacity, if you will, of the 43X and the 48, and they produced a metal magazine that was double stack and it's a 15 shot mag. So you basically have a Glock 19 that's yeah. a lot thinner and easier to carry. You know, I mean, yeah. just no, that was, that great, was, that's a, that was a game changer. And I know a lot of people that have the shield arms base plate and it has worked really well for them. Yeah. And but, um, um, I, I, I that was actually one. My- well, that was my carry gun for the longest time was the Glock 48. Or oh, no, okay. I'm sorry, the Glock 42. That was my my carry gun for the longest time. And okay. I was like, well, 38, you know, it'll do a decent amount of damage. Like, it's very comparable to 9mm. And then oh, I did. Yeah. yeah, 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 380, yeah. sorry. And um, I did one of the Paul Harrell targets, which, Paul, we're thinking of you. Um yeah very similar the meat targets somebody told me to do this and i didn't even know that paul harold i didn't even know who paul harold was at the time when they told me to do this but like wrapped up you know put in some um some uh like oranges and uh some i don't know pork whatever and then and then a rack of ribs and like duct taped it all up and I did a test between like the 380 and the nine. And I was just like, uh, I don't think I'm going to carry 380 anymore. Granted, it does depend on the brand of ammo and how far along. I mean, some of these companies now, it's like you are gaining, you know, even if you are using a 380, like the HST or yeah, the HST from Federal, that stuff's great. Um, so I do think it depends on that, but yeah, it kind of shook me up a little bit and I was like, uh, I'm going to move on to the nine millimeter. And then that's when I started carrying a nine, but yeah. sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off with that. No, 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 it's okay. Um, one thing I want to mention is, uh, like if you're, if you're shopping for new concealed carry, try everything that you can. Uh, mm-hmm. there's a lot of, um, shops that have ranges attached to them and they do have rental guns a lot of times and you can kind of sample some different guns and i know i always catch it for saying this but you know you have to find something that's comfortable and it fits your hand like paul harrell says this one fits my hand better um yeah 
but it it really is a thing. A lot of people they want a gun that feels good in their hands, and it's not just molding yourself to the gun. Which yes, if you train and you you practice with it and you just have that muscle memory, you can draw it and be right on target. Good for you. Most people out there, general consumers, they're gonna pick a gun that already feels good in their hand, which will probably equate to feeling good on the range and being able to point it accurately and consistently. So it's kind mm-hmm. of a step in the right direction. Um, but there's a lot out there and it can be overwhelming, but I would, I would implore anyone who's shopping to be able to you know, go to a range and try some different guns, especially the high, um, the, the, um, um, brands of guns and the models that are kind of higher up on the list, your, your yeah. uh, P365s, your Shields, your Glocks, um, maybe the Hellcats, uh, you know, some of the other ones that we've mentioned, some of the newer like Kimbers and some of the Canics and, you know, pick, pick your budget, find mm-hmm. the guns that fit in that budget and then go and seek them. Um, and don't let some, don't let some gun counter jockey string you along and sell you yeah. on a revolver or something else just based on, you know, oh, I can't pull this one back or I can't do this. Like, just have a little patience and just go through the process and, you know, make a wise purchase decision. And also, um, Ava, you know, you do your training. So concealed carry classes are a thing. And I would suggest that anybody who's wanting to carry, please go and get trained somehow, even if it's not a requirement where you live, which I don't believe in requirements for uh, firearms training or concealed carry classes in, um, in the, um, or as a requirement to get a carry permit, right? It should just be a constitutional right. And many states now, um, uh, 20, was it 26 states are now yeah, constitutional like carry 20, states? Is that right? 26 or 27. I know it's more than half of the United oh, yeah. States is yeah. constitutional carry, but so just just for those of you who don't know, constitutional carry states are um, basically like permitless carry states. So you can carry a firearm on your person wherever it's legal in the state to carry a firearm concealed uh, without a license. Mm-hmm. Now, I will say having a license is beneficial in a number of ways. Just real quick. Um, number one, it makes it easier to purchase firearms. If you uh, live in a state where you can go to a gun shop and when you fill out your 4473, there's a little box and it says no nicks check. That's the background check, right? No check required because the person uh, holds a valid carry license and you don't have to go through a background check and wait and do all that nonsense. Um, and having a carry permit for your state gives you reciprocity with other states that recognize your state's permit. Reciprocity means that you can travel to another state that recognizes your license and you can carry legally in that state uh, with or without, you know, them, them having permitless carry. Uh, so that's a great option for states that don't have permitless carry, but do have concealed carry laws uh, there. That, that could be an entire episode in itself, but I just want to mention that, that little um, tacit right there, because I think mm-hmm. it's a good detail to consider when you're shopping for a concealed carry gun, because there's a lot that goes along with carrying a firearm on your person on a regular basis. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I would even say take a class first before even buying a gun, because even the instructor might have some guns or will tell you the difference between, you know, single action, double action, traditional double action, break action, you know, all that stuff. And you're like, oh, I didn't even know that all that existed. And then you could figure out what you want, you know, uh, for whatever you're buying a gun for. Yeah, that's a wonderful point. 
Um, gosh, there are so many other guns though that have come out, like even staccato. So you mentioned staccato. So they have the CS, which I, I am almost embarrassed to say this, but I've never shot a staccato and I'm I've maybe shot a I'm couple, too, maybe like I'm they're... too scared to, because then I don't want to drop like 2000 plus dollars on a gun. Look, they're, they're slick. I mean, they are built very, very well. And those slides are on glass. I mean, it's, they are beautiful guns and they shoot so good. And if you can't shoot a staccato good, it ain't the gun. Yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's you, um, but they're great. But man, it's just like, I don't know if I would carry one on a regular basis. I just, I go back to the Honda Civic guns, you know, just the Glocks. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. it's just, it's well, like, also, I mean, how many times do you hear somebody's in a self-defense situation even if they're in the right, but they get their gun taken away. And a lot of times they're not going to get that gun replaced. And so it's like, you know, like, how do you, yeah, that would suck. Like on top of everything else. Cool. This really expensive gun that you have, you know, now you're not getting back and, and you're not getting, you know, as long as you've tried it out and you've, you've vetted it and it works well and you shoot it good and you want to carry it by all means you do you. But yeah. I'm just gonna keep carrying a you know a Honda Civic uh, yeah, used right. one at that. Um, Let's talk now, about some of the. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, you're gonna talk about the micro compacts or micro. Yeah. Guns? Well, yeah. yeah cause I'm like we haven't touched upon. There's still we've touched upon you know the guns that are like okay. We should also touch upon like some of these really really tiny guns that people mm-hmm. hate shooting, but like they do have a place still, and there's a reason why they've been around still for so long, and people are still selling them. Like, for example, the Ruger LCP and the Smith & Wesson Bodyguard. Those are yeah. two of the smallest guns that I know of. Uh, what does it have? Capacity of like eight, maybe? It's three, uh, yeah, eight, seven eight. or eight. Yeah, something like that. Um, it is chambered in 380. And, uh, you know, I mean, it might be a great little backup gun. Or if you're not wearing much, like my ex-boyfriend used to keep it in the back of his pocket in a holster then it looked like a wallet and it was like easy because I mean, you're used to having a wallet in the back of your pocket typically. So yeah. it didn't even feel like you were carrying a gun. And it's like, I always say, you know, whatever gun is easiest to carry and the most comfortable, that's the gun that you're most likely to carry. So it's yeah. like, you also need to think about that too. Um, it might even be, you know, I mean, I'm not huge on like off body carry, but I also live in the real world where it's like, eh, sometimes, you know, like I will typically always have a gun in my purse and then, usually on my body, but I always think like, you know what, having a gun in my purse is better than not having a gun at all. So, you know, maybe there's a chance I could take cover real quick, pull up my gun. And you know, it was, if I had to run somewhere real quick or there was an emergency, my sister just called me and needed help. And I just grabbed my purse to obviously, you know, drive the car and I forgot my gun. At least then I have this backup gun, but as far as shooting them and comfort, like comfortability, um, you know, when shooting them, mm, it's not really there, but I do feel like once you get acquainted and once you've, you know, taken your shooting to the next level, I think you can shoot. I feel confident saying that you can shoot anything well ish to a certain degree, but, um, yeah. So I, I don't know. I mean, have you found yourself like at that point, Chad, where you like shoot so many guns that you're just like, yeah, you, you obviously prefer some over the others, but like at the end of the day, if you had to shoot a bullseye with whatever gun, you can do it. Yeah. For the most part, anything I pick up, I can get a feel for it off the bat. I mean, I've just had a lot of experience behind multiple types of firearms, designs, uh, different cartridges, um, 
you know, different weight guns. So, um, yeah. you mentioned like the Ruger LCPs, those are excellent pocket carry guns, but they're super light. And mm-hmm. when you go to shoot the things, they're real snappy. All right. Uh, like a little hand. Re- they are. I mean, you've got to have a good grip on those things because they'll, they'll get out get away from you. Um, but they're, you just have to practice with them and have to shoot. Um, but I mentioned you earlier about the, the customer who could not rack the slide on that thing. So that's definitely something to consider. Um, but like for those type of customers, there are options out there that don't require, you know, the racking of the slide. And I've mentioned, you know, the little Berettas like the, uh, the Bobcats and the Tomcats before, and these are a old school tip up barrel design. So, um, they, they are semi-automatic. They have a slide just like, you know, any other auto loader does. Uh, but when you insert the magazine, you don't have to rack the slide if you don't want to. Okay. Mm-hmm. You can tip the barrel up. There's a little le- a lever on the side and it goes boop. And you just drop the round in, close the barrel, and then it's loaded and it's ready. And the first f- shot you take, it's going to, um, kick the slide back, eject the spent casing, and then load the fresh round off the top of the magazine. So then you've got your magazine capacity plus one, right? Um, which in most cases, like most guns, you have to insert the magazine, chamber the round, drop the magazine, top the magazine yeah. off, and then reinsert yeah. it in the in the pistol to have your plus one. Which topping that capacity. magazine off when the magazine's full, it's kind of you're like, get in there, come on. Yeah. <laughs> so now I will say there's there's some magazines that we've loaded over the years. We've you know tested some different guns and they are a bear to load. If yeah. you have the magazine loading tool, like they I are know. a giant pain in the butt. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but the Tomcats are great. The Bobcats are great. And even if they're in like an anemic cartridge, like you mentioned 380, there's also like 32 ACP guns, 25 ACP guns out there. Um, gosh, there's even yeah, like, which, you know, the little bitty. I just, sorry to cut you off, but I just no, messaged or I was talking to federal at shot show and they've just, uh, went back and have like, I guess perfected their their 32 auto and like you know because they're like hey there are still a lot of people out there that are still carrying guns like this and we want to make sure that they're carrying the best and so they went back and made sure you know and that's the thing is like self-defense ammo has come such a long way that like back in the day you know or your grandpa's probably like nope i still carry my 1911 my 45 and like there's nothing wrong with doing that and i again whatever gun you feel most comfortable with and whatever gun you're most likely to carry is the best gun but you know we've come such a long way in the self-defense of, of or the development of self-defense ammo that nowadays like you can carry much smaller calibers and it still is going to do quite a bit of damage like mm-hmm. you know comparable damage well, I, I think a lot of that has to do with the uh, more modern powder technology. So um, there's a lot of powders on the market now that burn a lot cleaner. They burn hotter and faster without uh, any extra pressure. So those are ideal for those uh, small, uh, some would consider anemic pistol cartridges um, that we mentioned. But also uh, some of the powder and projectile technology has led to the development of uh, new cartridges like the 30 Super Carry. I know you're mm-hmm. familiar with that. And yeah. in many of the firearms that we discussed in the podcast so far, there are available models that are chambered in 30 super carry. And it's, it's kind of like a 380 Magnum, if you will. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the, the, the cartridges are a little bit smaller, so it affords more capacity. So you'll get another like two to maybe three, four rounds in the same model 
with the 30 super carry as you do with a nine millimeter and you're getting very very comparable performance if you look at some of the tests uh, that folks have done like gel tests and other performance tests between nine and 30 super carry i mean i think it's i think it's awesome oh i know i when it first came out i was like this is gonna take over the world and like it hasn't taken off as quite as much as i'd want it to but i do feel very confident saying that like it's it's going, I definitely think it's here to stay. It's a great round. Um, when you say that it's smaller, it's not smaller like uh, lengthwise, but it's smaller in diameter. In diameter, yes. As a result, you're able to fit about 20% more rounds. And it, I mean, even just shooting it, like I tell people, I describe it, but I'm like, unless you've actually had a chance to shoot it and feel the difference between the 380 and the 9, it's like, it's just, it's such a fast, like it just goes so fast and you're able to get back on target quicker. And I don't know, I've, I'm just, I'm a, like a huge fan. I really like mm-hmm. super carry. Yeah. And then even the cost too is comparable to like 380. So it's still not, it's not as inexpensive as nine millimeter, but um, it's, it's, you know, it's not like one of those novelty rounds where it's costing you an arm and a leg. Uh, like, you know, like five, seven used to be and stuff like that. So, and I think yeah. that the more, the more manufacturers that jump on board making guns that are uh, chambered in that caliber, then there's going to be more ammo companies other than federal making 30 super carry, and it'll definitely drive the price down. So, yeah, I think that that's a cartridge is definitely here to stay. I mean, just about any company they've had some duds over the years, but I think super, super carry is going to be something that's going to stay around for a while. I think we're going to see a lot more guns chambered in it. Once it garners a little bit more support across mm-hmm. uh, the consumer world, and there's yeah. a little bit more demand for it uh, once people really start seeing its capabilities. But I think it's great. Yeah. I'm glad you said that. Cause yeah, I'm like, people just think I'm crazy. Like they're like, Oh, okay. The truth is, is like, we all want this innovation, but at the same time, when we do get that innovation, people are like, Oh no, I don't like anything new. And so, you know, I think people were just like, Oh no, like something new is just, we're kind of stuck in our own ways. But mm-hmm. I do think that over time it's going to make some waves. So um, but I think that that finishes up the concealed carry segment. Um, I definitely interested to know what you guys, you know, what you guys carry, what your thoughts are. Uh, let us know, like, what are your most, I guess, what concealed carry guns do you dislike and which ones are your favorite? I'm really curious to know what that is. Um, and then also we have been receiving a lot more reviews. So I appreciate that. Today's listener of the week goes to uh, Moat125, titled Awesome Podcast, Five Stars. I'll be honest, I didn't really care for Eric. He looked high all the time and missed the mark on a lot of things. Chad seems really knowledgeable and a great addition. Keep up the good work. (laughs) Thank you. Oh, that's funny. That was pretty funny. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Oh my gosh. Uh, all right. Well, thank you guys for that. Thank you so much for listening. Um, again, if you guys want to be notified when this show comes out, hit that bell, that little bell that will notify you. Don't forget to hit the thumbs up. Um, subscribe if you haven't. Subscribe to both channels, Pew Pew Panel, as well as Ava Flannel. And we appreciate you guys listening. Uh, definitely let us know if you have any questions. Otherwise, we will we'll be back next week. <laughs>